Welcome in to another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Today on the podcast, go over the narrow win, but it is a win, versus Penn State. Um, talk a little bit about the Iowa matchup coming up on Saturday and what is going on with Jaden Reed and what kind of trouble he's been in or caught up in. Well, let's get right into it. Ready? One, two. of grass is always greener here's your host ryan elke grass is always greener find us on twitter always green msu i'm your host ryan elke find me on twitter at ryan el underscore key download subscribe listen apple google spotify leave five star reviews remember if you like it five stars that's the most stars if you don't like it if you want to give us one the one gold star you want to rate us five out of five or fifth that's how it goes. Let's get into what happened with Michigan State this week. A narrow win versus Penn State. We can talk about really Michigan State's not inability to kind of pull away in this game, let Penn State in, escaping with a win. We we can. We'll talk a little bit about it. But first, I want to go over kind of the good things. Hey, it's a win. Somehow you squeaked out a win. Somehow squeaked out a six nothing run in the last three minutes without scoring a field goal on free throws. Somehow Penn State didn't score the final three fifteen over six on their field goals. Had some good opportunities to take that game, but in reality there were a lot of a lot of positive bright spots in this game. Uh, if you remember back to my last podcast, I was talking about hey Joey Hauser needs to be. Needs a reset button. Like, it'd help, I think, if he came off the bench, kind of gathered what was going on, then come in and be able to execute. Little did I know that Joey Hauser went to Tom Izzo and said, hey, I had Malik Hall is playing better. Like, he should get the start over me right now. Like, that's just how I think things should go. A very mature approach from Joey Hauser. Just realized, like, hey, like, Pulling from remember the Titans, like start Petey. He's better than me right now. So it was nice to see that like maturity coming from Joey Hauser. And it paid off for both Malik Hall and Joey Hauser. Because Malik Hall came out on fire in the game. I believe he had the first like three or four points for Michigan State. Worked the foul line, worked to the foul line. Great, only four for seven from free throws, but he was initiating the contact and that's something we've been missing from this Michigan State team is working down low initiating contact and working to the free throw line they call 10 points three or four shooting four seven from the stripe five rebounds so great to see out of Malik Hall and for Joey Hauser it worked for him as well he had 11 points four of eight shooting a couple assists so, like I said, that's kind of the reset Hauser needed. And now we'll see if they go with that approach again versus Iowa 
to kind of just see if that will work for Hauser now until we see more consistent games from him, then re reinsert Hauser back to the starting lineup. So I'd love to see Hall start again versus Iowa. Also kind of add a little more beef down versus Iowa, just a little more muscle than Hauser and just a little more defensive attentiveness. I believe Malik Hall has over Joey Hauser. So that was great to see just from the start of the game to see Joey Hauser coming off the bench, Malik Hall earning the start. That was great. Another positive Marcus Bingham. He's been ragged on for years and by fans, by coaches. He just had like his wanting to be a outside big man looking for more of three first, you know, inside, you know, if I'm wide open. But he just played his ass off. Like nine rebounds. Six points, four or five free throws, two late free throws to get the lead and win the game. And that's something Michigan State's been missing throughout the years. Just a big guy to be down there and just be a big presence. Thomas Kithier is not that. Joey Hauser is not that. Sissoko, not there yet. Marble, not there yet. So Bingham can continue to play at this capability. Six points, you know, getting close to 10 rebounds. That is exactly what Michigan State needs down low. It hurts when he's out, but... And we hope against Iowa that there's not a foul situation going on early. But this game's at Michigan State and not Iowa. So hopefully there won't be a 20-foul difference in the calling of this game. But that was just great to see Bingham get the start again and just play well. Just nice to have a presence down low, seems like, for the first time this year. Like, it really clicked for him against Penn State. Uh, Aaron Henry continuing, just playing his ass off. 20 points, 9 of 19 shooting, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block. Leading the way in minutes. This guy's the leader of the team, and... Now he's he's back to that consistent play. He had a little dip about what was it, a month ago, and now we're finally seeing him being a little more consistent. Um, as for Josh Langford, offensively, look at the stat line. Not that great of a stat line. Two of nine shooting, three rebounds, missed some wide-open shots. But, A, his defense was spectacular late in the game. Really was covering up Penn State's guys forcing them into either a bad shot or just pass it away. And also hits, got five points, needed those five points to hit the 1,000 career mark. And so he is the 52nd player in MSU history to score 1,000 points. He's also the fourth and final member of the 2016 class to score 1,000 points. Hell of a recruiting class. You have Cassius Winston leading the way with... Over 1,900 points, but he's 1,969. He could have, he would have been at 2,000 if they would have gotten an NCAA tournament last year, but it is what it is. You also have Nick Ward over 1,300 points, and I feel like Nick Ward goes a little underappreciated with Spartan fans just because of 
because of how his career went. Came in, lack of a big guy on the team, and just came in as a freshman and just played really well. Then had some injuries, kind of had some attitude problems just because like as more recruits came in, didn't know where he fit, but it was just just an essential glue piece to those teams. And then Miles Bridges, over a thousand points in two years, I believe one thousand fifty-five is the number. I mean, and he's the most heralded recruit of that class, as in was the highest recruit of that class. And then you see Josh Langford finally getting a thousand points after much two years of injury. So congrats to Josh Langford getting 1,000 career points. Maybe that was in the back of his head of why he decided to come back and play, like feeling healthy. Here's a goal I want to hit. Was finally able to hit it. So congrats to him. Congrats to him. And last person I'm going to bring like, again, offensively, not a great game for Rocket Watts. Four points, two of six shooting, two assists. But again, defensively, he was engaged. So it's nice to see, like, hey, if you're not, if your shot's not falling, at least you're engaged defensively. Because that was kind of happening at the, the start of Big Ten play when they started going on their slide. It seemed like the guards weren't really paying attention to the three point shot and weren't as engaged defensively and just caused a big defensive breakdown for the entire team. So to see Langford and Watts not have the greatest shooting days, but to be more locked in defensively was awesome to see. Um, And as we saw in late game two, that even though we're, I don't know if we're tired of the Rocket Watts point guard trial, or if we don't know why it's still going on, it seems late in games when it's crunch time, Rocket Watts is going to be your point guard because he has the ability to shoot. And his on-ball defense is spectacular. So it seems like that's you're going to get the lineup of Watts, Langford, Henry, Bingham, and then switch in Hauser and Hall. It seems like that's the final five Izzo's kind of been going with. Late in games when it's crunch time. So I think it's just one of those things where Izzo's just going rocket. Like, listen, I need, I need you. Like, we got to figure out the offense, but I need you on defense late in games when it matters. Now come to, let's see, those were really the standouts of that game to me. Now, A.J. Hogarth, I'm not going to sit here bash him. Like, played an okay game, had some freshman moments. I believe that's why we kind of saw a little less of Hogarth later on the game. Yes, he kind of stabilizes the offense. They're able to run things, but... He had the one, was it elbow jumper that like barely hit side of the rim, but more hit the backboard. Penn State gets the ball, drives down. Hogarth commits kind of a bad foul down near the basket. I said, I'm not going to sit here and bash Hogarth. I just think those are two freshman moments back to back. Frustrated because he just missed badly on an open, seemed like an open shot for you. I like the aggressiveness, but come back and commit a foul. I understand, be like, hey, we don't need that right now. But the only problem is when you take Hogarth out, insert Foster Lawyer, Foster Lawyer is now becoming the guy we all were worrying about before the season. Where, like, what are you providing to this team 
That like that's just the question. Zero points, zero free throw attempts, 0 for two shooting. Just and to play twenty five minutes. Like I think we're okay if like Hogard had ten minutes, lawyer had twenty five. If somehow that was split, like okay, they're more at a seventeen eighteen split playing even time. I guess we can handle lawyer if that's what he's going to be now. But play for 25 minutes. Then all of a sudden, defensively, Penn State's just like, all right, we're just going to attack lawyer. He's barely six foot. He's not as quick as our guys. We're just going to attack him. So I think that's becomes the issue. It's like, I get Hogarth made a couple freshman mistakes, but now Penn State is taking it to the guy you just brought in. So, again, with the point guard situation, like just that's what's hindering the team is that it just hasn't been figured out 17 games into the season. And if Lawyer's not going to be making shots or finding threes or drawing charges it's like well, why are you out there for 25 minutes like he's gonna have to play but it's like does he have to play the third most minutes in the game of the whole team but it is a win is a win i know we all thought with a couple of those threes late by penn state that that definitely sealed the deal almost had overtime with a badly missed three right to Penn State's big guy was it um what's his name here it's escaping me was it Harar there we go yeah Harar just boom right there puts it back there's just we all feared for it we were all waiting we were all waiting for the three because that's how this game went that's kind of how it was kind of like the exact script of how Purdue was going now now as a big lead is against Purdue didn't seem as in control. It seemed like State was hovering around like that eight-point margin in the entire game until they didn't, until all of a sudden Penn State got a one- to two-point lead. They're like, well, there it is. There it is. There's another loss. But, hey, a win is a win. That's all it is. It's Big Ten. As you see, anyone can kind of take anyone down to the wire. Saw Northwestern Indiana go to double overtime. You saw... Nebraska, their second game back against Wisconsin, hung tough with Wisconsin in the first half. Then Wisconsin pulled away despite shooting like 30% in the game. This is what Big Ten basketball is. We, you all know everybody, and sometimes games will be a little closer than you think on any given night. But now Iowa coming up on Saturday. And... This was the game that kind of gave Spartan fans a little more hope after that skid because they did play Iowa well. I mean, 84-78 final. And they had good performances from Henry. Hauser had 10 points. Langford had 15. Julius Marble, 8 points. Kithier with 7 points. But the issue in that game was, A, just not being able to stop Luca Garza from pretty much doing whatever he wanted and the fouls the difference in fouls from 35 to or from free throw attempts 35 to 15 
the fouls, 17 to 28. And honestly, it just seems like there's a special Iowa whistle at Iowa this year. Never really seen too much of that in the Big Ten where one guy gets a special whistle because it is college basketball. I feel like even though they are there are stars in college basketball, they don't get that whistle. Luca Garza gets that whistle at home. So, but this game's in East Lansing. So hopefully, this game will be called a little more fairly this time. And Michigan State knows they can hang this team. Michigan State knows they have the ability to beat this team. And Iowa is doing kind of what Iowa does. They look good, and then they kind of stumble out of Big Ten contention. That's just that's just Iowa basketball. So that game, 2.30 Saturday. I'd love to see Hogard back in the starting lineup as point guard. Hopefully it's Bingham, Hall, Henry, Langford, Hogard. And if you're going to start lawyer, cut down the minutes from 25 to even 20. Give Hogard more of a chance to establish himself as a point guard in the Big Ten his freshman year. Like, yeah, there was a not a great back-to-back moment, freshman moment from him, but the kid's got to come in and learn again. It's not like there was mistakes all game from him. He was playing how he normally did until that that moment. So I'm excited. Michigan State, they need, they need this win. No doubt about it. To If they want to get back into that tournament bubble talk, they're going to need a marquee win to kind of bump them back into it. Because their schedule coming up, it's tough. So they need they need these wins. Like you have Iowa Saturday, Purdue next Tuesday, and then kind of starts the the hell week for Michigan State to really solidify what this season will be. Will they fight back into the tournament, or will this just be a down year? Because after Purdue, you have Indiana, and and this is all in the same week. Saturday, Indiana. Tuesday the 23rd, Illinois at home. Thursday the 25th, home against Ohio State. And then Saturday the 28th against Maryland. Like, out of those six games, if Michigan State wants to be in the tournament, they need a winning record in those six games. So, I know we're all going to chalk up, like, Purdue could be a win, Indiana can be a win, Maryland can be a win. Okay. Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State. Because after that, after this six-game stretch, there's only one game on the schedule, and it's against Michigan. So out of seven games left in scheduled left in the season to solidify yourself as a tournament team, you're gonna have to have a winning record. Will four and three do it? Be eight and ten in the Big Ten. 14 and 10, you know, on on the season. That could be a bubble team. I don't know. But five and two, all of a sudden you're nine and nine, 15 and nine. I think that team is in the tournament. 
And Tom Izzo has said, I believe Aaron Henry said, like, yeah, this team kind of needs the pressure right now. So now we're really going to see what this team is made of when their backs are against the wall if they want to make this tournament. Because for most Michigan State fans, I'd say pretty much all Michigan State fans, we don't remember what it's like to not be in the tournament. And I don't know if we're taking it for granted or we're just not believing it right now, but the tournament's not on the table right now. So we'll see. I think it all starts Saturday. They need a win versus Iowa to kind of keep things going and to keep a to sustain a winning streak. To have three wins in a row. To build that confidence going in versus Purdue on Tuesday. Enough basketball talk for now. Let's get into what happened with Jaden Reed. I'm sure you see in the news. Uh, he is in court for uh, OWI. But this happened back in July of 2020. So there hasn't been, like, honestly, this is the first we're all hearing about it. Jaden Reed wasn't suspended in the season. Um, I'm, I can't even remember if at that point Michigan State was even practicing at that point. They might have been in one of their shutdowns over the summer. Um. But, yeah, charges the OWI July 18th, um, pushed off. And, again, OWI is, like, under the legal limit driving. Again, Jane Reed is was 19 years old at the time. Not making light of any situation, but just kind of giving the details of what that is. So, cases like that uh, will kind of be pushed off. Like, the maximum fine or the maximum sentence, in quotations, is – like 300 hours of community service and a fine up to 2500 What Jaden Reed will probably get is probably 50 hours of community service and a $500 fine. So why wasn't he suspended? I don't know. That's up to Mel Tucker and, and his football staff. We'll see if he will get suspended at the start of this upcoming season. Now, if things kind of play out. Because now that he's actually going through court, he'll receive his punishment. Maybe the football team's just handling this like the court system. Like, hey, innocent until proven guilty. You're found guilty. You get a punishment. You get a punishment with the football team. Because Reed didn't miss a game. I believe he was the leading receiver. Um, Yeah, led, or led the team in receptions. 33 receptions, 470 yards, three touchdowns. So, honestly, I think it's just more. We'll see what happens, and we'll see in August if he will receive any punishment from this. It would be shocking if he doesn't receive any. And I believe Michigan State's first football game. Let me look that up real quick. MSU's first football game, September 4th at Northwestern. Who knows? Saturday, September 11th versus Youngstown State. Maybe see a punishment there because that's the way football teams work. Don't punish them for a conference or an important game. You do it for these games. Not saying it's right. Just saying that's how it happens. It's just it is what it is. But 
I'll I'll give the football team the benefit of the doubt if they just wait to make any sort of discipline announcement. Because who knows what Mel Tucker and that coaching staff was trying to do in middle of July when they're five months on the job and haven't even met their team yet. Really, face-to-face. So, also, let's run through. I don't think I went through this, but the 2021 football schedule is out. And no real surprises here. Crossover games are Northwestern Nebraska. Um, looking at it, start out at Northwestern, Big Ten game that was supposed to happen, I believe, last year as well. Started out conference games from the slate. I'm not the biggest fan of a conference game being your first game. It is what it is. Out in Evanston, Illinois. Then come home September 11th versus Youngstown State. Pick up where that Miami series is supposed to happen. You don't get Miami coming here, but they do go to Miami September 18th. Come back home versus Nebraska. So a nice away home, away home. Then October 2nd, homecoming versus Western Kentucky. Then on the road for two games at Rutgers, at Indiana. Then the bye week, then Michigan. Finally. (laughs) Finally, a schedule sets up nicely for Michigan State heading into Michigan. I feel like it never happens that way. Uh, So October 30th, that's around the time where it was last year. It was Halloween against Michigan. Now October 30th versus Michigan. After that. At Purdue versus Maryland, uh, November 13th. At Ohio State, November 20th. And then versus Penn State to round it out, November 27th. So, I don't know, was there... There's only one set of back-to-back home games in the schedule. That's early on, week four and five, September 25th versus Nebraska. Then October 2nd versus Western Kentucky. Kind of a bummer. Go back-to-back home, then back-to-back road, and then home away, home away, home away, home. So not a favorable schedule, but it's not awful. I mean, we could have a team like Michigan schedule who, I mean, we all know how Michigan's football schedule is. It seems like they have 15 home games a year. And that's pretty much what's happening this year as their first five games are at home. Their first four games are at home for the Wolverines. But it is what it is. So that's for Michigan six, seven, eight, nine home games for for Michigan. And of course, because that's just... That's just how it is in Ann Arbor. They don't seem to schedule too many hard away games because they got build up to be like number five in the country heading into like week six. And then get a loss. It's like, it's okay. We'll just bump you down to seven. And I'm going to get off my, I don't want to get too petty versus Michigan right now. It's too early on right now. Michigan State, one, two, three, four, five, six, six home games this year. 
So uh, that'll wrap it up for another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Or Saturday, 2.30 versus Iowa. Gonna need the win. Want to make the tournament? Need to win this game. Iowa, we know what Iowa is. They don't play defense. Luca Garza works down low, looks for fouls. And they hope to win at the foul line. Michigan State knows how to play this type of team. They can shut down the three-point line. And as long as Iowa can stay off the foul line, Michigan State can win this game. Or even if Iowa gets to the foul line, as long as it's even fouls, and Michigan State has equal opportunity from the foul line, then Michigan State will win this game. That is what it is. This has been another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Find us on Twitter, Always Green MSU. Find me, Ryan Elkey, on Twitter, Ryan E-L underscore key. Give us a listen, download, subscribe, Google, Apple, Spotify. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And give it a share when you find it. Tell your friends. Tell your state fans. And as always, go green. Ready? One, two. another episode of grass is always greener make sure you subscribe apple google or spotify why not all three